I can't wait to get back on the road again. Back again. Dude, like throw the back Back home again. Back home again. In. 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 land. Alright y'all, welcome aboard to Dirt Yard Dish, Season 5, Episode 6. We have a very, very special guest today, uh, alongside myself, your host, Rudy Lyon, once again, back on the pod after a little hiatus. We have Mr. Alec Buckman. How are we doing? Uh, as affectionately known as Buck. How are we doing, Buck? I'm good. I'm good. Doing doing real well. Thank you for asking. Yeah, absolutely. So, so polite, even giving a, a thank you for... <laughs> Uh, even asking. Um, well, a well-mannered young man. Uh, so a little backstory for me about Buck. I've with each other for about four years. I think it was uh, it was the 2019 Indianapolis, about this time of year, actually, yeah, February of yeah, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. we, he was taking part in a, a men's baseball league draft. He had played in the league before, had moved away, uh, came back to Indy and wanted to jump into like a free agent pool and I was a manager for um, a team in the league and I think I had like the second overall pick and I uh, saw this young cat who shoot you how old were you at the time oh my gosh that was 2019 so I was 21 okay I don't even, I don't think I was 21 yet when I know I wasn't 21 okay. when I, came across. I was 20 okay he was 20 years old uh, he showed himself as a Mr. Do-It-All. Uh, he, he was behind the plate catching bullpens. He threw a little bit, took some BP, and um, knowing what we were looking for on our team needing to fill spots, is like, hey, we, we need a guy who's a jack-of-all-trades. And he showed that for sure. It was great behind the plate, showed out to be an ace on the team, still playing uh, in the yeah. IBL, playing baseball. I am kind of on a retired uh, status. <laughs> Uh, or a fill-in whenever needed for the same reserve. team. The Yeah, reserve player, former manager, uh, and was just really impressed with him. And just fun little tidbit, I am a Portland Trailblazers fan. This almost seemed <laughs> like fate, if you remember this. Yes, the uh, Rip he, City he, hat. He was wearing a Rip City Portland Trailblazers hat that night, and it almost felt like, man, I, I like what this guy brings to the table. I had no and idea he, what that hat even yes. meant. I, just, I borrowed it from a buddy because I didn't even have a hat at the time, and I had no idea yep. what Rip City was, and you told me, and it was yep. like, all right, mm-hmm. definitely meant to be. It was fate for sure. And from that day on, been uh, great friends. Love love seeing this guy whenever I can. He's just a, just a real chill vibe at all times, whether it's on the ball diamond, at the dirt yard, or otherwise. And uh, we, we have a, a just a great story uh, that he wants to tell um, all of our listeners, whether you're in CCW or not. So uh, that's my side of Alec Buckman, but I want you to give us your background, whether it be with baseball, um, with CCW, just some like spitball and stuff here. How did you get started in the league? Like what season are you heading into? Uh, in CCW and like what teams have you played for? Yeah. Um, so coming from a baseball background, man, I grew up playing baseball. Uh, that was my sport. Wasn't really too good at any other sports. Uh, you know, played through high school, played travel ball, all that stuff. Um, so then when high school was over, I didn't, I didn't go on and play college ball. Um, so I, you know, I joined the IBL, um, played a couple seasons off and on, uh, moved to Florida, came back. And um, that's when, you know, we started playing together and we played that 2019 season together. And remember hearing you guys talking about this wiffle ball thing. And I was like, it sounds kind of cool. Um, Cause you know, like growing up, you know, like you always see people playing wiffle ball and you kind of hear that there's like an underground league. You just really don't know like where it's at. Um, so 2019 season ended and then 2020 rolls around and COVID hit. And uh, so that kind of put, so I think I, I don't even remember when I signed up. I don't even remember who I, I'm pretty sure I reached out to you and I was like, what's up with this wiffle ball thing? Let's, let's give this thing a try. Um, so got in touch with, uh, Aaron Rodgers, um, the outlaws, and I was supposed to be an outlaw. Um, but then things kind of fell through because of COVID that kind of put a delay on things. So then I ended up joining the hackers, which was the outlaws and the hackers, I think were like the two, like expansion teams. Um, they were just kind of thrown together with a bunch of guys just kind of filling in. Uh, so then 2020 season started and, uh, played my first couple of ball games, um, was a hacker. Uh, in that 2020 season, man, it started off rough. You, you think being a baseball, you think being a baseball player, you're gonna uh-huh. come in, man, I'm going to kill it, dude. This is, 
this is it. And I, man, it, it was rough. I remember throwing the first game that I threw and I could not find the board to save my life. It was rough. Uh, it was, it was a struggle. Um, threw a couple more times. And then I just remember there was that one night game against the short shorts. That was the game where it clicked. Mm-hmm. I don't know what changed. I don't know what happened, but I finally kind of figured it out. And then from then I just took off. Um, yep. Obviously I still, I still can't hit the ball or shit. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't get how some of the guys can, man. It's, they say the hardest thing to do in sports is hit a baseball. The hardest thing to do in sports is to hit a wiffle ball. It's yeah. by far extremely more difficult. Um, so, yeah, so then I played the 2020 season uh, with the Hackers, um, went to the national tournament and came back the 2021 season, um, played with the Hackers again, and then obviously missed last season, took that season off. And then um, this season, here we are again, and uh, the Hackers are no more. I don't think that – yeah, the Hackers right. weren't around last year either. So mm-hmm. um, then I just recently signed with uh, the Short Shorts. Okay, so this will be season three. And three, fittingly, man. you're joining the squad where you where, like you said, where it clicked. Yeah. And uh, for some context, too, um, I failed to mention this at the outset. Uh, that 2019 baseball team that we played on also included. Yes. Guys like Brent, Brandon yes. Dudas and yep. Dylan Jones. Yep. We had a great squad. Honestly. Yeah, we did. We did. And then uh, I think it was that year where where I, I remember being just vastly devastated because the way the year ended, Dudas tore up his knee. Yeah. Um, you had to miss your playoff game because of a pre- previously scheduled vacation. Some other guys yeah. got injured and it was like, man, we were so good. And we just got drilled with injuries. Yeah. Um, and, and still uh, almost won that playoff game. I remember I was sitting I know. on Florida and I was texting you guys and you were texting me updates throughout the game. I'm, I think it was against the Canes maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you guys were up at one point and it ended up being like four to five or, or I mean, it yeah. ended up being a real close game. It was, it was depressing. I really thought, you know, we could pull it off, but mm-hmm. They, they didn't know they didn't know what hit them i'll tell you that much right though, yeah um like you were just kind of cornered by in the dugout at all times with me and dudas on either side of you like yeah man if you think playing ibl wood bat league is fun right, you should yeah. come out to the dirt yard and play yeah and, you know, we we're both i remember there was uh the, the the weekend that you guys had the all-star game mm-hmm. you came back that next sunday talking about it and just talking about how cool it was and i was mm-hmm. like man i got it kind of just put, put that bug in my ear you know and yeah. so, uh, like I said, that next season, I definitely had to check it out and fell in love with it. And those first two years, like I, I did this for a couple of years, uh, pulling double duty, playing in the baseball yeah. league and Wiffle. And yeah. you're still planning on doing that this year. I'm like, yeah. I, I can't do it anymore. My body yeah. can't keep up. But yeah, that's definitely the, perks to being, uh, definitely the perks of being 24 years old. I can still manage mm-hmm. it. Yep, yep. So, uh, and just for reference to uh, – CCW and the IBL games happen both on Sundays. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it, that's, that is a lot of ball in one day yeah. and a very, very sore Monday to follow. So, yes, it is. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned uh, NWA. I think you're rocking the NWA t shirt right now. Yep. Uh, switched into it. Very nice. And yep. that's from when we hosted in 2021 uh, in the fall. And you got to travel out to Pittsburgh in 2020, which was yes. an awesome experience, you know, driving the six hours with the boys, yes. uh, singing crazy songs. <laughs> uh, I remember playing, playing on the, like four of us were playing on the Euchre app, just yeah. built a lot of, a <laughs> lot of good, a lot of yeah. good team chemistry <laughs> on the road trip. Uh, we finished top eight, I believe in both mm-hmm. 2020 and 2021. Uh, what was your experience like? If you could put into words, if you have stats or memories from those two years, what what sticks out to you the most being a part of the national circuit? Dude, so like it, you can't even really put into words just how cool of an experience it is. You know, when like you say all you know is CCW, you know, you just you see this league and see how into mm-hmm. it we are. And then you pull up to the fields and you just see all these other all these other leagues and just how into it they are. And I mean, you had teams from Michigan and minnesota new york pennsylvania i mean everywhere all came together and dude that was like that was the coolest part of it was just seeing just all the different leagues you know that were there to represent and just the 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 competition level there i mean dude like you thought the guys in our league were good and then you go there and see some of the pitchers and some of the dudes that can hit and it's i mean it was unreal um so it was it was a really cool experience you know when i got to throw the couple games that i did and uh 
how 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 good I did. You know, I think mm-hmm. um, that first game I pitched, I think I threw against, uh, I think it was WSEM in Michigan, and uh, mm-hmm. we ended up winning that one like four to zero. I think we only went like four or five innings because of time. Um, held them to you know no runs, and then we played Skibby, and uh, I think I held them to like two hits. Um, but I think they, they, they were able to squeak by a run and, you know, mm-hmm. in those two hits and we weren't able to, you know, put anything up against them. I think, uh, I think Cam threw against us that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was, that was obviously a tough loss, but still, you know, in retrospect, you know, I, I think I did throw it pretty well. Um, so it was just cool to be recognized at a national level, you know, like when you see your name, you know, being paired with some of these other guys, it's pretty incredible. That not to mention, you know, just going out, like you said, riding out there with the boys, you know, we went to the casino that mm-hmm. night. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, that was just an awesome experience. That was, that was fun. Yeah. Had you ever been to Pittsburgh before? No, I had, which was really cool. Oh, I'd never been yeah. there. I'd never really been out that way. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a really cool city. And uh, I think, uh, I think it's going to be there again this year. Yep. Yeah, I'm definitely back there. Yeah. We need, to make sure we, we need to make sure we get there early too. Cause man, we were on the road until like 1 a.m. Friday night. We uh-huh. got, we got in at like midnight or we got to sleep at like one and we had to be up at like six for game Saturday. Mm-hmm. So we were all dragging ass trying to get out yeah. there on Saturday and it was a little rough, but it was, uh, no, it was definitely a good time. And and it was like 35 degrees. So yeah. Yeah. It was, in yeah, September. It was silly. Yeah. We, we won't have that issue this year with it being in July. So we're about five right. months away. Uh, I'm sure uh seeing how your your arm gets back into shape would be assuming that you're going to be on that that spot to Mm -hmm. load up our our pitching rotation I know like you said your your first two outings in 2020 in the national level were unbelievable uh considering you had really just started throwing a wiffle ball what maybe four months prior to that and yeah yeah things clicked and they they clicked for our you in the league and then they clicked on the seemingly the, the biggest stage that you had ever been on. It was yeah. really awesome to watch. Yeah. Um, so, and I know you got to, and I'll, I'll give uh, some, um, I'll drop a picture in, in this pod so that people can see it, but you yeah, particularly got to meet a guy at NWLA uh, in 2021, I believe when he came out to Indy, this was uh, Jordan Robles. Yeah. And uh, I, I wasn't sure if if you give me a little bit of the backstory on your your wiffle tattoo, if you want to show it to the camera. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it on his uh, mm-hmm. his offhand, his left elbow. Yep. And uh, so was it was it Robles that kind of inspired you to go that route, or did you even know that he had a wiffle? No, so I had no idea that he even had it. So okay. um, originally, the artist when he did this, it was a moon. It was, it was like a perfect circle. And it was supposed to be like a moon, but the shading didn't really stick. So uh, this was right before I think I was getting tatted like the like the month of the national tournament in 21. And I'm sitting there thinking, I was like, man, I might make this a fucking wiffle ball. Why not? You know, yeah. I got enough tattoos like let's throw it in there. Um, so I had my artist do it and then come to find out this was after I had already got it. I found out that Jordan had already had. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, he beat me to it. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so uh, obviously one of the you know best football players in the country, um, mm-hmm. and it was really cool the, the picture that you drop. Um, yeah, and we got together and we took a picture of them together. Um, yeah, dude, he he's a stud, man. It was just it was really cool to you know um, to see him at the tournament and uh, to share that experience. That was awesome, for sure. And it's it's uh, I didn't I didn't know that about that just white space being there already. So yeah. simple enough. You just have to hey. You know, artists just fill in three black dots, yep. three black yep. ovals, and call it a wiffle ball. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'd, I'd seen pictures online of people that took like red stitching and put them in their elbow mm-hmm. to make like a baseball. And I always kind of wanted that. I thought that was cool. But I was like, you know what? Let's do a fucking wiffle ball. Yeah. And I know, I think you mentioned it before. Cam Smith, I think he's gotten a wiffle ball tap here recently, okay, too. So yeah. we'll have to at some point get all the guys in the NWLA scene or the, the national wiffle scene to get together yeah. and yeah, uh, take a, a wiffle, wiffle tap pick. I, yes. I, I don't think, uh, I don't think I'm cool enough to join that crowd and I hate <laughs> needles. So I don't see yeah. myself ever getting tatted. Yeah. Well but, then D Louie's got, dude, that piece that he got, yes. on is a good piece. That's, it's big too. It's that's, that's oh, software. Sure. That's our logo. And uh, yeah, I feel like he was trying to one up me on that or something. So <laughs> I have to go get another something. 
Well, I can't imagine your wiffle ball tat was that expensive. He definitely outdid you on cost. Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Well, he can be in the pick too, since it's a, there is technically a wiffle ball in the logo. So there is, we'll get him in there. Uh, well, cool. That's, uh, I love hearing uh, your backstory. I, again, commend you for how quickly I know you said, Oh, that first night of throwing couldn't hit the board to save your life. Yeah. Everyone in the league was just astonished at how quickly you picked this game up. Yeah. Um, and transitioning a little bit, uh, into the main topic of our discussion and you, you teased it as to, uh, you missing the 2022 season. Um, certainly, uh, missed having your presence at the league. Uh, last year at the dirt yard, putting out the good vibes, um, whether it was in a hacker jersey or otherwise that you would have been in since the hackers right. didn't exist. But um, the, your last experience of wiffle ball uh, up until it, it's going to be a momentous moment, I think, when we get to opening day and you're stepping out on the mound. Because yes. your last experience of throwing was at the, the NWA that we hosted yep. in 2021. Yep. And if you just want to give us as much detail as you want about what led to you that being your last moment on the bump and then uh, now making your return to CCW this season. Yeah. So, um, so I guess we got to kind of go back a couple of years. Uh, so back in starting in like 2015, um, I started struggling with addiction issues, um, started getting into drugs pretty bad. And um, that carried on, you know, throughout the years, you know, kind of off and on, um, you know, kind of using baseball and wiffle ball as like a, you know, that was like almost my safe haven, you know, like that was my, mm-hmm. that was my go-to happy place. Um, and then it was 2021, April of 2021, before the season started, um, I had relapsed, been back on drugs and um, caught a case. I got caught with a shit ton of mushrooms, um, which of all drugs, it was, you know, it was kind of, kind of funny almost in a way, but um so I got caught with them, bonded out of jail, and uh, my so I, I'll never forget where I was, man. I was golfing at Valla Vista Golf Course, hmm. and uh, my lawyer was in communications with the prosecutor um, because so I had been arrested before in the past, you know, for drug charges and like little petty stuff, and um, always would just get probation or whatever. Um, so then with this case though, it was pretty serious because it was enough, you know, it was enough drugs to make it a, a serious case. So, like I said, I was golfing at Valla Vista and uh, was just about to tee off on the first team. My lawyer texted me and she said, hey, so I've been in contact with the prosecutor. Their best offer is five years Department of Corrections. And, man, I, I didn't even know what to think. I, that was like it all kind of hit me. And I was like, damn, I'm, I'm really I'm really that thing. I might go to prison. Mm-hmm. Um, so playing that whole season, I, I think I kind of like, like the, the details got kind of hashed out and I eventually kind of knew that, you know, I was going to end up having to go to prison, um, which was really weird. It's a really weird experience yeah. being, being out and being free, but knowing, knowing this date is, you know, right. I'm going to have to go. Um, and it was originally supposed to be in the beginning of September, but then of course we had the, uh, the national tournament and I definitely wanted to be a part of that before I went. Mm-hmm. Um, so my lawyer was able to work it out to where I went October 7th. Um, so it was definitely a bittersweet feeling, uh, playing in that national tournament, you know, cause I knew, like I said, I knew that I was going to end up, you know, having to miss the 2022 season, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't know how long, um, you know, I thought I was, um, because so like it was a five year sentence, but I was ordered to do a program in there. Um, it's called the recovery while incarcerated program. Mm-hmm. And it's um, like classes that you do. And once you finish it, you file a petition to the courts to get your sentence modified. And uh, then, you you know, as long, as long as you've been good and everything, they'll modify your sentence and, you know, let you out. Well, I thought that program was only going to take me about six months. So I was hoping, you know, I go in October, I could be out, you know, by April, May, hopefully be out in time to, you know, to be back on the field. Um, mm-hmm. So, like I said, so that game ended um obviously we lost you know we didn't make it you know obviously as far as I wanted to but you know we still made it pretty far I was still really super proud of the guys you know we did a good job I feel like mm-hmm. um so then I went um went in October 7th and then I didn't get out until uh just December of this last mm-hmm. year I was there for 14 months a little bit longer than I expected um so obviously I missed the whole season but which man it, that was tough you know it, um 
obviously, you know, missing the all-star game, missing, you know, the C all the CCW and then missing the national tournament, mm -hmm. which we obviously won, which is fucking yeah. so hype. That's awesome. Um, and it, it just sucked really that I couldn't be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's definitely a good motivating factor, you know, to make me realize like, damn, like that's not where I want to be. And I know where I want to be and that's free, you know, so I can go, you know, do the things that I love to do, such as whiffle ball and baseball. Right. We, so. we certainly, uh, it, it wasn't lost upon us knowing that, you know, our national squad got hot at the right time and stayed hot. Right. And we certainly felt like, man, it, it was in everyone's head. We, we wish that Buck was here. Like it, we, we say this top to bottom, like everyone that is in the league plays a role in that national title and not right. just those in the league, but the support system, the families, the friends, I mean, like the league runs out of Dudas's dad's backyard, you know? Right, so yeah. um, it, it's a family affair, but still specifically knowing that, man, we did this and, and Buck's not here to, to drink from the cup or anything. It just, right, it just yeah. feels, it yeah. feels feels wrong almost to a degree so right. certainly missed um now i am curious and you you hit it on hit on it a little bit um what what was kind of going through your mind like what thoughts and feelings um were you experiencing like at the at the beginning of serving the sentence like yes there was man. you talked about oh man it, it's it's weird to be playing wiffle ball and baseball knowing that this this entry date is coming right um, but what when you're when you're entering into serving your sentence, what was going through your head just in like the greater scheme of life, not wiffle ball related? Man, it was it was obviously very intimidating, um, mm -hmm. you know, because like I said, like I said, it was really weird because, um, you know, most of the time when you go to prison, you start off in the county jail. Um, and then once they sent you to prison, that's when they ship you off to prison. So I, I bonded out of the county jail. So that's how I was able to spend, you know, the whole summer hanging out. Um and then, so when I turned myself in October 7th, um, you know, I went to court, they officially sentenced me, um, took me back over to the county jail. I sat there for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it was, it was about three, four weeks. And then that's when they shipped me to prison. Um, and that, that, you know, like I said, I, I had done a little bit of jail time here and there. So I've been familiar with that, mm -hmm. but prison was, a it was just a whole different ball game. It was, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of you know, a lot of fear a lot of intimidation just not knowing like what you know like what this is about um and then so you, when you first get there you start off in uh it's called the reception diagnostic center it's rdc it's um it's a big building out uh plainfield off of moon road if you're ever traveling up and down moon road you see it um and that's where they send everybody that goes to the department of corrections you start off there so they can classify you um figure out what prison you're going to go to and that whole ordeal um, remember I spent the whole day down in reception and they sent me back up to the cell. Um, and it was real long range of cells, really tiny cell with like the big old fashioned, you know, bars and the doors clink shut, ding, 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 boom. And it slammed shut. And I turned around and it was so loud in there, but he's yelling. And I turned around, I looked and I realized that it hit me. I was like, damn my life has really come to this point. I'm really sitting wow. in prison. I never thought that, you know, growing up, you know, with a good childhood, you know, playing ball. Yeah. Um, I never thought that my life would come to that. Um, so I spent about 40, I think like 45 days in there, which that facility was rough. Uh, you spend 23 hours out of the day locked in that cell. You don't get out for anything. Um, wow. Because so, like I said, everybody that goes to prison starts off there. So like yours, your bunkie could be a murderer, you know, um, it, you, you, anybody with any amount of time goes there, so they can't just let people out. Um, that's obviously where they classify your security level. Mm -hmm. um, so it was 45 days of 23 hours out of the day locked in a cell. And I got there when COVID was still going on too. So you had to quarantine. So for the first two weeks, yeah. you, didn't, you didn't even leave that cell for your first two weeks. Um, your food was brought to you. And then, uh, so I spent about 45 days there, no contact with the outside world. You don't get any phone calls. You can write letters, um, but that's it. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, that was rough. That was a long 45 days. They didn't really, you didn't have much to do. You only had some, a few selection of books. If the books were even still together, you know, you, you get some books that were missing pages and shit. Um, yeah. Uh, 
So then once I finally got out of there, I made it out of there. They shipped me off to prison and I was at um, the Heritage Trail Correctional Facility. It was in Plainfield. It was right next door to that uh, reception center. So then I got there and was able, you know, to reach out to people, um, called Dudas, uh, obviously called my family, called, you know, a couple mm -hmm. other people and got to talk to them. And then uh, from there, it was just uh, really focused on, you know, getting through that program and uh, yeah. getting home. Um, that was, The program was uh, an average about six months to take it. So, of course, you know, once I got there, I was like, okay, six months from now, I'm good. And I got there in about December of 21. So I was like, okay, June, I can be out by June. Mm -hmm. um well then it took about a couple months to actually get in the program it took about mm -hmm. six months to get done with the program so I was done with the program in about August um and then I sat around for another four months just dealing with the courts the courts are in no hurry yeah. to get you out there you know they don't mm -hmm. they're more worried about their new cases they're not worried about getting somebody out um so I spent you know about three four months you know going back and forth with the courts and everything like that to figure out you know what was actually going to happen. And then finally, uh, mm -hmm. December 14th of 2022, they, uh, released me. Um, they, they released me finally. Yeah. Red, a red letter day to be sure. Um, oh, yeah. man, I know that that day alone probably, uh, had a huge influx of emotions and you, you painted oh, yeah. an incredible picture just for me. Like I'm feeling chills down my spine about, uh, the visual of, you know, the sounds that you're hearing as you're yeah. entering your cell and it's slamming shut. And, uh, like I, it's, it's a feeling or a visual that I, I can't fully comprehend. And I'm in yeah. the moment, like you said, like, yeah, you had done some jail time before, but it was different. Yeah. Uh, even in that moment. Um, so I, you talked about, uh, you know, the, the handful of scraps of books that were available to you. Yeah. Um, things of that nature like hobbies uh interest how, how were you maybe even outside of um the program that you were entering into the rehabilitation program how else did you fill your your time in the 14 months away man I, when i look back on it i don't even know what i did the last 14 months uh, <laughs> it, it i mean it it seemed like it went by real slow but now that it's over it seemed like it went by kind of quick um hmm. I couldn't get in a good routine in there. Like you'll meet some guys in there that, you know, they have the routine, like just like yeah. being at home, you know, they'll wake up early. They'll have their cup of coffee. They'll sit down. They'll, they'll watch TV. They'll work out. They'll, you know, they might have a little job in there and they do the same thing every day. And I could never just get into a routine. Um, hmm. So for the first little bit, I, I worked in the kitchen. Um, so I did that. Um, and then I actually ended up getting kicked out of the kitchen for stealing food and just other dumb shit. Um, so, but I would, so I'd, I'd watch TV for a couple of weeks. I'd get bored with that. I'd play cards for a couple of weeks. I'd get bored with that. I'd work out a little bit, get bored with that. So I could never really just stay in a constant, you know, mm -hmm. routine, I guess. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I, I try to read in there. Um, I had some books in it, but man, it was really hard to read in there. I'm not, I'm not a good reader when stuff's going on around me. Yeah. You've never found peace and quiet. So where I was mm -hmm. at, it was, it was called an open dorm. I wasn't actually in a cell every night. Um, so you're in a big bunk area. It's just bunks everywhere. So it, a lot of people talking. Um, so I never really could, you know, sit down and read and focus enough. Um, but yeah, I don't, I can't even tell you what I did. You know, like I said, I'd work out for a little bit. Uh, um, I know. So over the summer they did, they put together a little softball league, which was really cool. Okay. Um, it, yeah. was a kind of, it was kind of a half-ass little softball league, but it was so really cool. Um, it wasn't even really a league either. So the warden came in and, uh, had every dorm try out and hmm. um, they took like 20 guys from the whole camp um, and then had this church team come in and play us. So like this, wow. this, it was a really, it was a really good church team and they came, they came in and whooped our ass. It was, it was oh funny. Gosh. Yeah. It was a good, it was a good, <laughs> they, yeah, they came in, they whooped our ass and then uh, gave us like a little sermon after, which was really cool. It was funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah dude, it was, it was, it was, it was, hilarious. <laughs> they definitely whooped up on us. There was maybe only like, I don't know, like four or five of us. Uh, um, uh, yeah, about a half a dozen of us out of that whole team that actually like had like baseball or, you know, with softball experience, whatever. And uh, so the team definitely kind of struggled, um, but it was still, it was just a good time. It was just good to be able to get out and throw, you know, and, yeah. and pick up a bat. 
Um, mm-hmm. So it, so they left they left the gloves and the softballs in the rec yard. Um, so whenever it was nice out, we get out, we would definitely throw and stuff. So I definitely was able to keep my arm healthy. And then uh, the last about the last three or four months before I left, um, I told myself I was like, man, I need to start working out. I was like, I can't can't go to prison and come out not <laughs> not in decent shape. Um, yeah. So I did I did start really getting into working out better um, about the last three or four months that I was there, and I've continued to do that now. Um, Good. So I, I feel like I am in probably the best shape I've been in in a long time. Nice, nice. So at least I at least that, took that from there. Yeah the the irony is not lost on me that that's just you give that little anecdote a church team shows up yeah yeah kicks your ass and then yeah and, and then they, gives they, it like a little yeah they're they're doing they're really doing the lord's work you, you yeah. Know, yeah yeah oh man coming, coming in uh, and humbling a bunch of bunch of inmates exactly exactly it's too bad that uh you weren't able to to show off like your your overhand throws in game unless you're like playing in the outfield or something yeah which which i did i did play in the outfield because of that so when we had the little tryouts um i i had one of the best arms out there if not the best uh so they stuck me out in the outfield which i mean you know i'm not for those listening i'm not much of an outfielder i'm not fast i could not (laughs) touch a fly ball good at all so it was it was in dude the field was shitty i mean there was mounds out in the field and hills everywhere and it was um but yeah, so I was definitely able to still show off my arm a little bit, which was cool. Nice. Well, I'm glad you at least had that that semblance of of wiffle. Every so a lot of people ask, they'd see my wiffle ball tattoo. Yeah. And some some people some people would be like, "What's that?" But a couple of them were like, "Dude, is that a wiffle ball?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, dude, like it, it yeah." And they'd be like, "Why? What?" And I'm like, "Dude, I like I play <laughs> wiffle, I play wiffle ball." And they're like, "You mean the kids game?" And I, dude, I loved having to explain to people. And um, there was one guy in there. He um, and I explained to him. I was like, "Dude, there's people in our league that can throw that thing, and there's people everywhere that can throw it like high 90s." Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, "No, there's no way." But that little plastic <laughs> ball, there's no way. I'm like, "Dude, I promise you." I'm like, "I don't need to sit here and argue with you because I know." But right, dude, it's serious. Like if you get up and look us up. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully we got a nice little uh, newer fan base. Of, yeah, uh, convicts that. <laughs> That I introduced were, in the league. <laughs> were you ever able to like show him videos or send him links or anything? No, just, no, okay. I wish. Uh, no, unfortunately not. But um, no. like I said, I, I, I wrote some, some, you know, I wrote our league down for, you know, for some people. And mm-hmm. hopefully when they get out, they'll check it out and see that I wasn't kidding. Yeah, right. On. Well, that that also leads to another uh, curious question. Like how much, how often did you think about wiffle ball when you oh, were, dude. you had every all day. that time every, every day. day? Yeah, it was everyday yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, it's pretty easy when you've got the reminder on your own. Right, yeah, if, yeah. If you're ever just cross-armed and you see it, there's like, Man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you you talked about like you know trying to find a routine and uh, things of that nature, getting into weightlifting towards the end there, and still doing that uh, to this day, which is great. Um, what in the difficulty of finding that routine? What would you say was like your greatest motivation? Uh, in the time it's hard to like have a routine when you don't know your end date and like you said the the courts the courts really push things back for you to enter and then it sounded like they kept pushing you back when you could leave so it's just a slow go so what was your motivation and honestly at the end of this whole thing what did you learn about yourself yeah um obviously I mean one of the obvious main reasons or motivating factors was freedom um Mm -hmm realizing that the life that I've been living isn't going to work. You know, I can't, because once, mm-hmm. once you start going to prison and it just, it just gets worse. Like the next time, if I were to mess up again, it'd be, it would be three or four right. years and then, you know, six, seven years, eight, 10, whatever. Um, so your freedom, obviously being a big one, um, that, and just my friendships and my family, you know, not having, you know, obviously mm-hmm. I can call people, but just, I, I'm, I'm a huge I'm a huge people person, man. I love to be around my friends and my family, yes. not being able to be around them while I was in there. I mean, that sucked. Um, uh, but I definitely learned some patience while I was in there. I learned some patience and I learned how to sit the fuck down because man, when I'm, mm. when I'm out here, I'm always moving around, always needing to do something. Always. That's why, that's why I thought that's, that was one of the big fears I had going mm. into prison too, was knowing that I'm stuck. You know, I can't go yeah. do what I want to do. Um, I've always been somebody that I can never sit still. I'm always needing to do something, um, whether it's work, hanging out with friends, you know, whatever. Yeah. 
So I definitely learned some patience while I was in there, learning to sit down, relax, chill out, um, especially with the whole with the court thing, you know, because I didn't know. Yeah. Um, as far as I can, as I was concerned, my end date was January of 2025 um, with all the time cuts and everything. If I wasn't able to get my modification in my sentence, that's how long I would have yeah. had to be in there. Um, so, I mean, I, I'd call my dad and uh, my attorney and I'd be freaking out like, hey what's up what's up with the courts when are they going to get me out of here and you know he was he was like man you have to hurry up and wait that's all you can do hurry up and wait and uh hurry up and wait hurry up and wait yeah i can't can't tell you how many times i heard that man i was that's the story of that's the story of jail and prison is hurry up and wait you you can't do anything about it you can't trip about it you just gotta learn to sit back relax and just just know that you know it'll be all right so wow that that's I know I've heard that before, that that piece of advice, that little quip, but man, what a what a great just little four-word sentence to sum up right. something that's completely out of your control. Right. Um it you're gonna it, it basically is saying you're gonna bring yourself peace if you just admit quote unquote defeat and it yep. and just be like, I I there's nothing I can do about this. This is out of my control. So just take a deep breath and let things happen yeah. uh, at, where, where the chips fall, let them land yeah. where they may. So that's, yeah. that's awesome. Very poignant. I, you're giving me chills down my back again, man. Yeah. Uh, it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, so obviously just to like round up this, this topic of conversation, um, the reason you and I, when we talked about having this, this is not a typical subject matter for, Right, uh, a yeah. wiffle ball podcast. It's obviously right. it's within the context, but um, knowing that there are so many guys and just people in general that are curious about your story, and you've been uh, very transparent with me uh, and with with others. But for those that may, you know, they know you through the league, and and you're not considered like close buddy buddy. There, there, there's oftentimes this delicacy of of handling uh, such a sensitive issue as uh, sobriety drug use, prison time. Um, everyone's got their their own struggles going on in their life. And it's awesome that you have been uh, given uh, a second lease or a second chance to, mm-hmm. to find your sobriety again and now to share your story. And ultimately, yeah. this is this is that open door uh, for guys to feel encouraged to, to talk about it with you um, and to ultimately build the CCW community. And right. uh, it's already a well-established community. So like, what is what is something that you would encourage uh, the guys in the league um, in how to interact around this story or just where your, your general uh, sentiment is about the last 14 months of your life? Or like you said, this has been an ongoing thing since 2015. Right. Um, well, like you said, first off, the fact that I'm really transparent about it, like, dude, I've, yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll share anything with anybody. You know, I'll tell people some of the darkest stories I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell them to a stranger. I'll tell them to close friends. I'll tell them to family, whoever I'm, I, you know, I'm not in shame, ashamed or embarrassed about, you know, yeah. what I've been through. Um, uh, so I, and I know that like people that don't fully like interact with it, cause that, man, that's all I deal with all, all the time is, you know, people in recovery. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I talk about this subject a lot, so I understand that, you know, not everybody does. So I could see where, you know, it's sure. hard to somebody and, you know, start that conversation or, you know, whatever, but, uh, Man, joking about it, dude, is 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 awesome. Uh, you have to find, okay. humor, you know, you have to find humor in it. Um, I know, you know, like some people, like they'll they'll like they'll throw a sly joke out there, and they'll be like, ah, well, I hope you didn't take that the wrong way. Right. I get, right. I get more offended when somebody thinks that I got offended by a joke than the actual That's joke. Funny. Like, there's, I mean, you should hear some of the way that guys joke in there. You know, it's 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 it's. It's, it's just all, it's, it's all a big joke, you know? So like, you know, humor in it, you know, joking about it, whatever, or, you know, asking questions about it, you know, cause like you said, I, and mm-hmm. like I said, I'm, I'm a completely open book. I'll tell anybody anything they want to know about it. Um, I've never been ashamed or never felt like, felt like yeah. I needed to hide it, you know, cause uh, obviously like everybody in the league is very, very understanding, very welcoming yes. about it. Um, so I've never like, uh, I've never felt, you know, any judgment or any, anything like that towards any of the guys. Awesome. Yeah, well, you're you're. Hey, you said it. Hope the guys are hearing it and not not falling okay. on deaf ears. You are opening the floodgates. Uh, no, like those those uh, famous shit talkers in the league. 
Yeah. Uh, so uh, making making it humorous, I'm sure yeah. is bring um, it on, bring it on. All that, that's yeah, that's uh, going to be a load off of people's mind if it can just become uh, uh, easy easy subject to talk about yeah. what you're giving yeah. permission for. So yeah. well appreciated there. Because yeah, like like um, if, if you know me, man, I'll joke about anything. Yeah. Um, you know, right. I feel a lot of the guys in the league. I feel like you know some of our senses of humor is there. You know can get kind of twisted and dark sometimes, which is, which is good. You know, I'm the same way yeah. and, uh, guys can joke with me about it and I'll give it right back to them. So I definitely don't need to worry about any of that. Perfect. So, uh, I guess my final question on the subject is like, how are you feeling personally after going through that 14 month sentencing and getting through the rehab program? Like where are you mentally, emotionally, spiritually all together right now? Um, dude, I'm in one of the best places I've, I've been in a long, long time. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, 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 it, it's weird because even after doing that 14 months, it, it feels like such a distant memory, which, hmm. you know, I I've had buddies that, you know, have served present time and they told me the same thing while I was in there. They're like, dude, when you get out, you're going to forget about it all. It's really wow. easy to forget about where you came from. Like it, it seems like it was so long ago that I was in there and the whole 14 months just seems like a blur. Like it's, it's weird. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to constantly remind myself every day, you know, seeing where I came from. Um, yeah. And the good thing is, is that, so I didn't just get released, just free to the streets. Um, mm -hmm. I got accepted into a reentry program, which is for people that still had some time to do on their sentence. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like a, kind of like reentering people into society. It's like a step down. So I started off uh, 90 days work release which for those that don't know, work releases, uh, you're pretty much incarcerated at night, but you get out to go uh, to work. Um, you can go to meetings. You can take a uh, like an incentive pass every week, um, which is how I'm able to do this podcast. Um, yeah. I'm in that until March 13th. Okay. And then um, I get 90 days house arrest after that. Um, so house arrest is just basically like what it says. Like I'll be stuck at home, um, mm -hmm. go to work. So go to meetings and everything like that. Um, can use, uh, take my incentive passes every weekend. Um, so that's how I'll, able to, I'll be able to, you know, start the season off there. Um, and then the bracelet comes off June 11th. Um, the bra okay. ankle bracelet will be off and I'll just be on regular probation then. Um, so it's still some accountability, you know, still drug testing, still having to do classes, meetings and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, the, the, the ankle bracelet will be off June 11th. So I'll be okay. a free, a free man. Okay. Man, so, so you'll, you'll be, you'll be, pitching in the ankle bracelet then yeah yeah the first uh, the first, couple, <laughs> first couple of seasons or the first couple of weeks of the season yeah I'll definitely being an ankle bracelet probably oh one of the first gosh. ever uh ccw if not national yes. level to uh oh my gosh that is gonna an be, ankle I mean, bracelet yeah again you gave permission for it like that's yeah just yeah be bring it on yeah easy yeah. easy jokes there yeah oh my gosh that's yeah. great i can't um, wait well that's that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm yeah. really happy to hear that you're in a really good um, headspace, uh, yeah. and with you're you're taking everything in stride with these different stages of life uh, after uh, regaining your freedom. Ninety days, like you said, just um, re kind of reintroducing yourself back to normal life. Like things right. probably yeah. feel way more normal than what they did uh, prior to December 14th. Yeah, but you're it gives you still more to, to look forward to, I guess. Oh yeah. Um, and I love, I love the way, um, you're, you're phrasing it as like, you know, regaining that freedom. It's, it's not just a freedom and sense of not being locked up. It's a freedom of mind. Um, right, it's yeah. a freedom, it's a freedom from addiction. It's all these things. And I know like, whether it's joking, picking on a, an ankle bracelet while a guy's pitching or whatever, right. like every, every, all 50 or so guys in the league are, are going to be a support system for you. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, don't hesitate to lean on us. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess putting a bow on that uh, yeah. topic, I do <laughs> want to hit you with some rapid fire questions, a little bit yeah. of change gears. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see what you'll say about these. And I know I've, I'll lead with this. I know I've already said uh, you're a pretty chill dude. Uh, you've, you've been, uh, hitting the vape pen a couple of times in this show, which I think is, is an example of yeah. that outside of yourself. Who would you say is the chillest guy in CCW? Oh man, Dude, that's tough. That's really tough because I feel like everybody's so chill. Uh, just the whole yeah. atmosphere itself is really chill. Yeah. 
Just don't man. get on uh, don't get on your manager's bad side. Then it's not chill. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. if anybody if anybody was gonna be a hothead, probably probably definitely do this because when I'm <laughs> when I get when I think of that question, I'm thinking like in the league because like obviously right. like outside of the league, like dude, everybody in the league is is yeah. super fucking chill outside of the league. But I'm thinking I'm right. thinking like game time, who's okay. chill? Um, dude, one of the names that comes to mind is probably Church. Austin Church. Church. Yeah, he's it. always a good time out there. Um, Taylor Carpenter, another one. Um, D. Louis, obviously D. Louis, that's my dude. Um, yeah. But still, I, I've still seen all those guys have have their moments too. So. Oh yeah. Um, well, even in if you have Church as the top of the power rankings, like he's chill, but in the same vein, like he will go at it with Dudas. Right, as exactly. Taylor, and so, right. and, and honestly, it, I'll, I'll give a shout out to the the commish. He he has gotten better, and he's acknowledged like I'm I'm getting chiller. I'm getting chiller. It's fine. Right, but we yeah. we love the chill, the the shit talk as long as it's right, all exactly. uh, yeah. mild mannered yeah. and well meaning. So yeah, it, it would be kind of a boring league if everybody came in just real chill. Right. You got, you if it, if it was if it was a league of a bunch of me's, there'd be no entertainment. Right. <laughs> I'll throw myself. I know, I've definitely there. seen you have your moments too, though. That's I've, why I, could, yes. I, couldn't pick you, I couldn't pick you either. You have your moments too, as do I, yeah. and as do everybody. Right. So. right. Okay. So, Church, take note. You're the chillest guy in the league right now. We'll, <laughs> we'll call it the Austin, the Austin Church Chill Award for 2023. Name it after him. Uh, so, you kind of talked about it with NWLA and you know the, the night when pitching clicked for you. Maybe mm-hmm. those apply, maybe not. But what is the greatest wiffle memory or moment you've had so far in your your mm-hmm. brief career? Man, there's so many. Um, obviously, that first night against the short shorts when everything kind of clicked. Because um, I just remember everybody just kind of being in awe, like, damn, like, he's kind of figuring it out. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think it was that year, too, um, we played the short shorts again mm-hmm. in uh, the playoffs. And yeah. we, we lost a three game series, but we won that yes. first game. I think we won like one to zero because I, I shut yeah. them out. Um, so that was that was really awesome because you know like it and it was it was just cool to, you know just to to beat that team again. Um, cause I feel yeah. like that was kind of like my rival, like as a pitcher was For always. Sure. A um, and then obviously the national tournaments too; those are so much fun. Even when it was hosted here in Indy, that was mm-hmm. that was just such a blast. If I had an answer for you, if you didn't have one, because, and I was prepared for you to rub it in my face, but it was the night of the wild card game where we had to play each other your rookie year. Yeah. And you yeah. absolutely shoved. Yep. Yes. We just, yeah. we just didn't have it. And that, that ultimately led to you playing the shorts and winning that game. Like, yes, after I forgot that, about that, that. Yeah. That play in game, like the one and done do or die game, and then your next start being game one of that uh, playoff series. Like yeah. You were putting on 2014 Madison Bumgarner takeover right. numbers. Yeah. Um, and it's like, this guy has arrived. He's, yeah. he's legit. I remember so, I remember that too, because I remember telling mm-hmm. you, I was like, Rudy was probably shitty that he brought me into the league. And I know. I, I put him out that yeah. game. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah. To my, to my yeah. own demise, I'm, I'm notorious for putting talent on other teams and allowing other teams to get better, because I, I just oh, want man. parity, ultimately. Right, yeah. Good, good guy, Rudy. To his own detriment. Uh, which CCW batter do you love striking out more than any other? Dudas. You can't say me. Okay, Dudas. good. Dudas. Good. Which is which sucks because this year we're on yeah. the same team, so I can't do it anymore. Right. Which is good because obviously one of the best hitters in the league. Um, love having him behind me now. Um, but if not, I, I got. I probably have to say Dylan Jones. Be just okay. because just because of that fucking bomb that he hit off me at the All Star game. Now, granted, oh, granted, he had a big yes. bat. That was one of the that was one of the uh-huh. innings when he had a big bat. Yep. Um, and I just I left a fastball up, and he dude, he fucking ripped it. He got that all was of a that tank. Game. Yeah, that was a tank. So I don't I don't even think I've played him too much since then, mm-hmm. um, because that was the twenty one All Star game, right? Um, so I haven't faced him, but j- definitely know that I'm I'm coming after him this year for oh, sure. Oh gosh, you're you're the second guy to say DJ. So yeah. apparently he's he's uh, got his work cut out for him. Yeah. Uh. All right, last question I got for you. This hasn't really been rapid fire because we've been enjoying this conversation too much. Right. But uh, more back to the the topic at hand that we've had, um, just to wrap this up. What advice would you give someone that has is going through or has gone through 
the scenarios that you've experienced in your life with um, struggles with sobriety and drug addiction and things like that. Yeah, dude, the, the bottom line is just to reach out and ask for help. Yes. Um, that's that's the first step in, in any kind of battle, whether it be drugs, alcohol, mental health, um, anything of that nature, just because I feel like for the longest time, there's this big stigma around it, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't talk about that thing. You, you're not, you're not supposed to show your feelings. You know, we're men, we don't talk about that kind of thing. Um, so reaching out and asking for help is the first step you have to, you have to know that there's a problem and you have to ask for help before you can address it because obviously you can't fix it mm-hmm. because you're, you, I mean, if you, if you could have fixed it, you would have a long time ago. If I could have fixed my drug addiction by myself, I would have never went to prison. I would have figured it out a long time ago, but it's obvious that I can't do it myself. So uh, reaching out and asking for help and just talking about it with somebody is, is huge. And whether or not it, it doesn't matter who it is, you know, if guys wanted to come to me, um, if, or it doesn't matter, you can go to somebody at church, you can go to somebody in your family, you can go to somebody at an AA meeting, wherever you find that help, um, the suicide hotline, you know, anything, um, just reaching out and just making connections with other people um, is, is huge. Yeah, it takes a village or even yeah, to, to put it all together, somebody in a wiffle ball league. Exactly. If, uh, yeah. if there's any, uh, whether you're a whiffler or not, and you're watching this podcast for whatever reason, please take Buck's advice. Yeah. Uh, reach out. I know it, it takes, um, not speaking from experience, obviously, but uh, so I can't put myself in your shoes necessarily, but swallowing some pride, taking a dose of humility. Because mm-hmm. um, like you said, guys don't we don't necessarily show feelings we lord knows we all have our own pride issues uh, things we don't want to admit things just we want to fix things on our own by nature and um you hit it on the head i think uh that just reach out say something i think that's the best uh, thing that you could uh, have said from your experience so thank you again uh, alec for for sharing and being so transparent uh, I really hope this does uh, breed open communication lines about this subject, um, yeah. whether it be through sentimental, like real intimate conversations and asking questions or um, even gaining accountability for others or just, you know, a, a, a permission to shit talk about the yeah. subject. I'm, 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 I'm ready to hear some of the ankle monitor and the prison jokes. Okay. If- if somebody can't come up with some good ones, man, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> All right. That's perfect, dude. Wait, that, yeah. that is the best way I can think of uh, to wrap up this uh, wonderful conversation. One that is unlike we've ever had on Dirt Yard Dish. So, uh, again, thank you so much uh, for your time, uh, for giving awesome perspective. And uh, we won't plug anything because I think that in and of itself, this conversation is, is the plug. So, again, Buck, thank you again. Thank you for having uh, me. Absolutely. This has been Rudy Lyon and Alec Buckman of CCW here at Dirt Yard Dish, episode five, season six. I can't wait to get back on the road again. Am I back again? Dude. Like from the back Back home again. Back home again. In. 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 land. All right. We'll get going. Real quick. I can test, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Great question.